McLeod shoots. Not down. A rebound. Score! Chandler Stevenson. Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that sequence. Nobody is ever satisfied with one. So we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael shuffling down to the goal line. Carlson dancing out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcheseau. What a goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Two-game night in the National Hockey League, off an eight-gamer last night. Uh, It may take you for a start to hear me say two-game night in the National Hockey League. There were supposed to be three, but uh, uh, one of those uh, has been uh, canceled due to weather today, and uh, it will be played uh, tomorrow. Uh, So we'll get you into that, uh, update everybody on the scores uh, from tonight and what's happening in the National Hockey League because one was supposed to be a national broadcast, so TNT's changed its formula. Uh, We'll give you an idea of of what they're doing uh, with Biz and company at the intermissions and at the studio, and it's all coming together tonight. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. Uh, Let's get into uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers tomorrow because this starts a stretch of six straight games against the Eastern Conference going into the All-Star break. And it will uh, culminate with the uh, trip uh, through New York City and then uh, finish with the Detroit Red Wings uh, next week. And then it's uh, see you later, uh, get away from everything, and just uh, uh, try to recharge for the stretch drive. Uh, The New York Rangers uh, are here tomorrow night. Uh, They'll play them a couple of times in the next week. Uh, do you consider the Rangers a legitimate Stanley Cup contender out of the Eastern Conference, or are the New York Rangers just part of a big group of really good teams in the East? Yeah, I, I feel like right now I I tend to think the Rangers are in, in a similar way the Boston Bruins uh, and and maybe the Florida Panthers maybe stand above the rest of the Eastern Conference. I just think that they've been pretty consistent all season long. I know they've had a little bit of a dip here, but I, I do think that the Rangers are a legitimate contender out of the East. Who is the best team in the East? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you, you kind of have to go with, with – no, you know what? I'm, I don't have to go with anybody. I'm going to say the Florida Panthers. I think the Florida Panthers are the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. I know that their record uh, has them second in the Eastern Conference, but I, I think the the way that they were able to go to the Stanley Cup final last year and, and you know, Matthew Kachuk still hasn't really taken off, at least uh, to the, gr- the degree that we are used to seeing Matthew Kachuk score. You've got everything you could want out of, out of Sam Reinhart. Like, I They've got the goaltender. Bobrovsky's been good. Like I, I think the Florida Panthers are the best team. Boston leads ahead of the Rangers, and then Florida third, and the Philadelphia Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes round out the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no real separation. Uh, I guess one to to six. There's an 11 point spread. Uh, Boston looks pretty good in that Atlantic Division, but nobody is safe. Uh, nobody's putting away any type of race uh, that is comfortable, whether it be uh, home ice, whether it be top three, uh, whether it be a wild card spot. Everything is still up for grabs in the Eastern Conference. That's why I, I ask you if there, 
uh, in your mind, is a best team uh, mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Now, Florida has uh, carried over all the momentum uh, from the Stanley Cup final, got through the injuries, and has been really, really good Not uh, on their best stretch uh, of the season right now. And there's no reason to think that, that that is going to tail off. But do I think that they're any better than uh, the Rangers or the Boston Bruins. I have a tough time selling that. Uh, I, I don't believe the Philadelphia Flyers are as good as those three teams. And they're right now number four mm-hmm. in, in the Eastern Conference, which gives you an idea of, of the parity. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are ahead of contenders like Carolina, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yep. uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Pittsburgh Penguins uh, have uh, played uh, much better as of late. Uh, the New York Islanders had high aspirations. The New Jersey Devils, uh, high aspirations. Uh, yet the Philadelphia Flyers are somehow in a top five spot sure. uh, on the other side of the conference divide. So I'm having a hard time separating anybody from the pack when it comes to being that much ahead uh, of the others and being titled a a contender or a favorite yeah i i think that there's three teams at the top and then everybody else and and again it's boston florida and the new york rangers i think that those have been the the three best teams in the eastern conference all season long and you know i i get your point in that is there one clear cut like you know team that you can see dominating or uh just a team that stands above the rest i i maybe that's not the case but you know, right now, I don't view the Philadelphia Flyers the same way that I do the New York Rangers, the Florida Panthers, or the Boston Bruins. I don't view the Toronto Maple Leafs the same way that I view those other three teams either. And, you know, every other team that you mentioned, maybe outside of Carolina, who I feel like has underperformed this season, um, I, I don't know that, that any of the other teams, Philadelphia, Carolina, Detroit, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders, like, I, I, don't, I don't view them in the same way that I view Boston, Florida, and New York. It's the ultimate season of parity in the National Hockey League. Yeah. And it might be simply due to the flat cap over the last number of years, which has caused all of these teams to be bunched up together, or it's cyclical, and that's the phase that we're going through right now. But the top two teams in the league, tied at 62 points, were considered bubble teams to make the playoffs at the start of the year in the <laughs> yeah. Winnipeg Jets and the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know whether they will be there at the end of the season as far as a Stanley Cup contender or whether they fall back and they end up being wildcard teams, which could very well be the case for both those clubs out of the highly competitive Central and the deep Pacific Division right now. Uh, Boston had a great regular season last year. Can they keep it going, or is there eventually uh, a point where they realize it's not about this, it's about the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, and the Colorado Avalanche just seem to find ways uh, to pick up victories? Uh, but when when you're talking about teams that are better than other teams, if if it was the old one to sixteen, mm-hmm. and we know it's sixteen teams make the playoffs, sure, but there was a time when it was one to one to sixteen. And those were your playoff matches uh, and uh, qualifying teams in the playoffs. And I'm not going to go on point percentage right now. That's I guess fine. I could. Uh, let's go with that. Points percentage right now, 1 to 16. That puts you uh, with the Winnipeg Jets on top of the uh, overall standings. Yep. 
followed by the Boston Bruins, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Colorado Avalanche. Those are your top four. The Rangers are fifth. Uh, that's interesting. The Florida Panthers, who you think are the favorite in the East, I'm not saying you're wrong by any means. I'm just bringing up a stats that, uh, that really accentuate the fact that it's really hard to pick uh, a favorite in the Stanley Cup or, or the uh, regular season right now. Florida Panthers are sixth right now. You have yeah. 10, 11, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Washington Capitals are 16th mm-hmm. in points percentage. Yeah. Like, that, that's pretty good. Pittsburgh, Jersey, Toronto, teams that wouldn't make it in, Detroit, Nashville, Tampa, True. Islanders, and I consider those teams really good teams. Mm-hmm. Arizona has uh, outperformed. Calgary's going good right now. Seattle uh, has had a marvelous run. They wouldn't make it right now. There's so much left to be decided right now uh, in, a, in a highly competitive uh, regular season that it is somebody's going to get booted out or miss out that could win the Stanley Cup or could have won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. It, if, if, if at the end of the day you're 17th or you're 9th in the Eastern Conference or 9th in, in the Western Conference, you, you could probably sell yourself on if we would have just got in, we could have won. How do you think that impacts the trade deadline then? I think it's going to be slow. Yeah. Because you I have a lot be... of teams that, that are convincing themselves that they just got to get in, right? Who Who's out in the in the East right now? Is Montreal out? Probably. Yeah. But but the numbers say they're not. Well, I mean, Ottawa. Ottawa, but... Columbus, Buffalo, Montreal's bubble, right? Like, they but can... Montreal's six points out. That's not out of it. No, I know it's and, not and, out of it, but, but, but I'm saying... But conceptually, you're saying there's there's not a big chance. So I would I would think that Montreal, Buffalo, Columbus, and Ottawa will be will be sellers. Sure, that that's in the in the Eastern Conference. In the in the West, mm-hmm. Minnesota still thinks that they can get in. It's a, it's a long shot. They're eight points out, but then you have three teams. Mm-hmm. So we have seven teams, basically right now. They're out of it. Legitimate. Yeah. That's not a lot of sellers. No. Do, what does that do to the prices? I, I think it cranks up the prices yeah. because uh, you've got so many teams. Now, it doesn't mean Minnesota is going to be loading up or St. Louis is going to be loading up or Arizona. They, they might might sell uh, just to hedge their bet and, and save themselves so they don't lose something for nothing or they take advantage of the marketplace. But, uh, but I think the prices are going to be higher and they'll be with fewer teams that are in a position to give up assets. Uh, there's going to be a lot less activity because of the the, the supply there uh, won't measure up, but the the demand will be there, which will we've been through it in the housing market. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to it's going to raise the price a little bit, which is obviously a great thing if you're the Anaheim Ducks, Chicago Blackhawks, San Jose Sharks, or uh, any of the teams that we mentioned already in the East, Ottawa, like there's there's opportunity there to turn assets into, um, you know, something that that can help you in the future. Yeah, and you might see some of these teams that are 
going great. Like a Vancouver, like Vancouver makes a lot of trades anyway. Yeah, uh, Patrick Alvin. Uh, you you might see a Vancouver or a Colorado uh, who's in a good spot right now. Uh, the, the Boston Bruins. You might see a couple of these teams be very proactive mm-hmm. before the National Hockey League deadline because they're in good spots. So act now before the chaos comes and things get uh, so one you don't miss out sure. and two you might you might beat the spike in, in the market but I, I think that there's going to be a lot of contenders or teams that believe that they can make it mm-hmm. that are going to be quiet at the deadline because just the the opportunity uh, to potentially challenge isn't going to outweigh uh, the cost that that some of these assets are going to require, and what's to say? Like Nashville looks around, and says we can compete mm-hmm. with with our team. We like our team. Let's let's take a chance. Like Winnipeg hasn't won a series. Uh, uh, Colorado was one and done last year. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't uh, Why couldn't we? Uh, they would measure up against the Vancouver Canucks right now uh, in a, in a first round series. Were either of those two teams much better than the other uh, at the start of the year? No. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you'll see a lot of teams uh, hold back because price <laughs> and then just what what makes them much better than me in a playoff series if I'm confident in my coaching. Well, it's, yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Because, like, you look at you look at the Western Conference right now, if the playoffs started today, like the Winnipeg Jets get, the Nashville Predators and the Vancouver Canucks get the Edmonton Oilers. Like boy, oh, all boy. based on points percentage, yeah, right? Based Vancouver. on points percentage, and, and what a what a what a reward that is for the Vancouver Canucks if you put yourself in that position to have to take on the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, so like Calgary, right? Like this is a team that's two points out right now. Yeah, and they've got. Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, like they're they've guys, made forty-two trades already this year that, based on media speculation. Well, I'm I'm just saying like there's there's question marks with those two players specifically, and and no contracts beyond this season. Like, what do you do there? Because you're you're losing out on an opportunity to trade assets at you might be able to argue the 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 best time of the year to do it. Well, are you? Do you have confidence in your team? By the way, it's also a first-year general manager. Sure. First-time, first-year general manager. Mm-hmm. Not like Brad Trailiving, who's in, in Toronto, who's a first-year general manager with that team, but has plenty of experience in making the ultimate decision. So uh, Craig Conroy's uh, in a really difficult position right now. I, I've been impressed with his poise mm-hmm. to start, but... He's also in uh, the difficult spot of being in a very uh, high-profile market in the Calgary Flames, uh, whose chief rival has the best player in the world. You're two points out. uh, Can you compete uh, with the Edmonton Oilers? And then can you compete in the Stanley Cup playoffs? If if the Calgary Flames are in it at the deadline, Mm -hmm. I expect them to be buyers or at least saw it off maybe they move one of those pieces Ryan. yeah but do they get something back that they consider to be uh, a capable player in the national hockey league with term Mm -hmm. or they they move one of those pieces of an expiring contract but they make another deal with what they get back 
to acquire something with some term. Sure. Like there's, they may still be involved and move off some of these expiring contracts, but I, if they're in it, in the vicinity of being equal or in by a couple of points, if they're five points out, that's different. If, if they're right close, I, I think they, they add or they at the very least come out of it even. Yeah, I, it'll be fascinating because, you know, I, on the one hand, like you're right there, right? And and as you mentioned, like there's opportunity. Like if you're the Calgary Flames and, you know, depending on how things shake out at the end of the year, like you, you, can, be, you can believe all you want to that you can beat the Winnipeg Jets in a first round series. Like there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't believe that. Or if Vancouver sticks, right? Like if Vancouver wins the Pacific Division and you're the Calgary Flames and you somehow – get the Vancouver Canucks like that that would be a scenario where you go into it you say you just need to get into the playoffs and you can do anything the most fascinating team to watch between now and the National Hockey League trade deadline in early March is going to be the Arizona Coyotes Mm -hmm. now Bill Armstrong has been up front he's not he's not selling off anymore he's in a position where he's going to Buy or maybe stand pat, but he's not selling off massive assets like he has in the past Yeah, because they're close enough. But they have so many prospects and so many picks that they can come in and make offers to teams that nobody else has that type of inventory. Mm-hmm. And Arizona's four points out right now. If they're in and around this spot come March, I I think that they're active in loading up. They are a team that can disrupt the entire marketplace or change the price mm-hmm. in the entire marketplace. And and they're they're not a team that you consider to be a contender. Well, give me that because I want playoff games at Mullet Arena. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think it'll be fun. But uh uh I think that they they are in a unique spot mm-hmm. and they, they're in a transition period. Uh, is it worth it when you only have 5,000 seats uh, for that type of playoff revenue? You can argue that uh, to, to be giving up significant assets uh, just to make the playoffs. Uh, but I think for that marketplace, when you're trying to convince people that you want to build a rink and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, uh, making the playoffs probably means more uh, PR than it does business sense. Uh, or business return, uh, the PR was, is going to go a long way. But just keep an eye on mm-hmm. the Arizona Coyotes when it comes to uh, being fast and involved and free uh, in the trade activity leading up to the March trade deadline. Okay, let's get to Bruce. Um, Bruce Cassidy spoke at uh, his media availability after practice today. And uh, this goes hand-in-hand hand with the announcement that the Vegas Golden Knights have acquired Maverick, uh, a wonderful uh, uh, yellow lab, golden lab, uh, who's uh, joined the program, and he's going to be around the office. And Maverick is going to spend 18 months uh, with the VGK and then uh, will graduate to be a service dog uh, in the uh, in the future for a, uh, a veteran. So it, it's interesting. You've got this high-profile, uh, very intense period of trying to get back to consistency and chase down Vancouver, and then you have the arrival of Maverick, this puppy 
that uh, we've seen pictures of that I've been able to uh, see for now. Oh, it's so cute. Uh, there. Uh, here's Bruce Cassidy. The first question, not about the power play, not about killing penalties or stringing wins together. It's about Maverick. Feisty, lots of energy, sharp claws. <laughs> High ceiling for a likable dog. Very high ceiling. <clears throat> how, uh, how do you see Logan handling uh, all the workload? I think he's been real good lately. Uh, very consistent. Um, I think it's been a few games. We've been three goals or under. Usually that gives your team a chance to win. You keep it down to one, you really increase the chances. So uh, I've liked this game. Um, the workload is good opportunity for him. I think he wants it. Uh, I think he's feeling good about his game. It looks that way to me. Um, so I think the two, the, both those parts are coming together at the right time. Um, and obviously with Hilly out, he's, you know, the younger guys just don't have that much experience. So we're leaning on Logan more. And as I said, I think he wants to be leaned on more and he's producing, uh, playing good hockey for us. So um, I always look at it as more like team defense, right? But the biggest part of team defense is usually your goaltender, but the other five guys in the ice have to do their job. And I think when we've been at our best, uh, it's a combination of both, but we certainly don't win without him making stops. Like, he's the biggest part of team defense. You talk a lot about skaters feeling more pressure. You know, when other guys are out, you try to step up. How do you kind of tell the goaltender, like, you can't do it all around yourself to kind of do well, I mean, uh, he just has to be the best version of himself. That's what we tell all our guys now. We're not trying to replace um, guys going in the lineups for the Carlsons and the Eichels and the Theodores. But, you know, his best version of himself, he was an all-star last year. He played very well at the start of the year, and then injuries kind of derailed the season. So it's we've seen a okay small sample size that, you know, he can be on top of his game and, and give us good results. So we're not surprised when he's on. Um, you know, quite frankly, most of the good teams in the league have that at that position, and we're, we're going to be no different. If you don't get it, you're going to have to score a lot, and he's given it to us, so we don't have to score a ton to win. The other night, we got got three in an empty net. Boston, we got two, so there's going to be some nights like that, and, and hopefully he recognizes that as well. That's where, just where we are in the season. Um, early in the year, we were able to, I think we scored five goals a lot early on, four or five, so you didn't have to be quite as... Um, you know, you you could put a, a goal behind you and, and know the team. It's a little harder for us to score right now, so that's got to be a little bit more his focus going into the game. And I think players recognize that at every position. To be honest, I think our decor is recognizing, hey, we're not might not score as much. We got to be better too. Like I think Marty and Petro have been on top of their game for the last week as well, just as, as good as they've been all year. And I think so. There's just an understanding of what what's required, and and hopefully Logan sees it that way. Or he just might be going out there every night, and I'm just going to play my best no matter what. And that, that's not a bad approach when you're the goalie either, right? No matter who's in the lineup, uh, just take care of your own business, and he's doing a good job with that. Obviously, it's, you know, Well, listen, he, he's a high-end talent. Uh, you know, when Stoney went out last year, the second half, we had to have other guys step up and 
help in that regard. And, you know, I'd put Jack in that category. I'd put Theo in that category, you know. And um, <clears throat> there's certain guys that are, there's, you know, obviously a few more in our team, but in general, right, that you got to be careful. You don't always refer back as we're talking about Jack again. We just won 4-1 without Jack. And I think we need to talk about the who's in the lineup every night and what they need to bring to be successful, right? Because the more you talk about the players that aren't, the more it becomes a little bit of a, I don't want to say an excuse, but listen, we're not going to be as good a team without him in the lineup, but we can still be a very good team. I guess that's how we're trying to message it here. And we just might have to play a little differently because his 20 minutes won't be filled the exact same way. We just can't plug a guy in. Okay, here's Jack 2.0. So that's how we're trying to win hockey games. And it might not be as flashy because he's a very dynamic player, but we can still be effective. So that's how we're looking at it. I don't know if that answers your question, but as a coach, that's how I try to deal with it. Jack? Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a maintenance day. Uh, we've had guys under the weather uh, now for a good stretch here. Stevie the other day was able to play. A few before that weren't, so hopefully Naber's fine. I know you want to deal with the pressure, Bruce, but knowing you went through this and overcame it last year, does that help? Well, it should be good for the room. I mean, history, you can draw on history however you want. Uh, usually, if it's a positive uh, result, then you're going to think of it that way, right? We can get through this. We've been there and done it. That's why... You know, people talk about adversity, you know. Um, I've always said I think adversity uh, reveals character more than builds it, to be, to be quite honest with you. When you go through stuff, you find out a little more about yourself. Um, it's, I think it certainly helps to, to have gone through it in the past and say, hey, we can overcome this. Um, it is a team game, and, you know, we've got to rely more on the team now. When, when, when certain individuals are out of the lineup that, make the team stronger. The guys coming in uh, have to do their part, but it becomes even more of a team game. Details become magnified a little more. So, But yes, I think it helps to have gone through it. Um, will that make you successful coming out the other side again? I can't predict that. I don't know. But I know that our guys can walk in the room every day and say, hey, last year we went through some of this. We came out of it just fine. So that should put you in a good place right away when you want a positive mindset at least when you walk through the door and you just got to get out and do it well I think if they the, you know it's guys that haven't played together a lot so first of all let's keep it simple let's not uh, you know the more simple and, and direct you play, the easier it is to read off one another early on. Uh, if they kind of win their puck battles and just focus on, again, playing behind the other team's D, you usually can't get into trouble in your own end. Um, I thought they were good for the most part down there. Um, we are going to try to match them up so that they're not forced to play against the elite talent every night, at home at least. Um, so that in, in increases their chances to play. So. Um, Listen, they're, they're a line that's going to play for us, and whether it's 10 minutes of, you know, five on five time, 11, 12, eight, what depends on the special teams go, we're going to need them to do their job. That, that's, that's it, plain and simple. And, and Paul and, and Mike have been here a long time. Um, you know, Briss is he's new to it, so they hopefully they help him out, and we're going to have to, you know, sort of let him feel his way through. But they were good the other night. Um, the tough part in this league is to do it every night, and that's that's what we're going to be asking for tomorrow against a real good team. 
Um, I don't know there's anything new to report. Uh, nobody's skating with the team that was out other than Miramanov is now in a normal colored jersey. So he's past the, um, you know, he's fully integrated into practice. When he's medically cleared to play, I don't know, but uh, he's in, in with us. The other guys are not. Um, so we're hoping he'll skate with us tomorrow or, or Friday, one of the, the next two days. It's a morning skate tomorrow, so we'll see where he's at. But I don't think anybody else is joining the group um, tomorrow that, that wasn't there today, if that helps. If he skates with us and he's a full is a participant, yeah, I would hope so. Hope that allow him to to get work there. I can't tell you when he's going to play. Uh, when he'll be cleared to play, but if he's in with the main group, then that's you know that's a good sign that he's closer. That that'll I don't know, Danny. To be honest with you, how that'll play out. Right now, we got um, some D that are out. We're playing with Pahal as our extra, so that'll be a decision management's going to have to talk about once he's cleared. Uh, he's come off a serious knee injury. He hasn't played in a long time, um, so that's always the the tough part. Is is he going to go right into an NHL lineup, or is he better off? So those discussions will take place when he's cleared, which is getting close. So um, I know upstairs they're having him, so we'll have to make a call when he's, like I said, ready for us and decide what's best for you know for him to get back to being at uh, the top level. Three things out of that. Uh, one, Maverick, mm-hmm. feisty, and uh, obviously uh, energetic. So that's yep. great news uh, coming from Maverick, uh, the puppy. Uh, Maverick's going to be at the game tomorrow night. That's the plan. Uh, nice. To be uh, at the rink at T-Mobile Arena. I'll see if we can get Maverick to make a guest appearance on the uh, TV pregame show. Uh, if if Maverick's talking. Some days Maverick doesn't talk. Uh, obviously has other things. Growing pains, right? Sure. Uh, you yeah. never know what kind of mood you're going to wake up. Uh, in, uh, when you're a puppy, that's uh, rough. The other thing, exactly. Uh, the other things uh, to come out of that was Aiden Hill mm-hmm. potentially skating tomorrow, mm-hmm. maybe being uh, able to travel with the team. We'll see with that. But uh, again, uh, don't want to get our hopes up too much, but progress or optimism mm-hmm. when it comes to Aiden Hill and uh, Daniil Miramanov yep. into a regular colored sweater, so cleared for full participation in practice. I don't believe he's been activated, but uh, but that's that's big news that uh, uh, has been a long time coming and a long road of rehab for Miramanov. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's, a, it's another step in the right direction for Daniil, which is which is great and. You know, as you as you kind of look at the upcoming road trip for the Golden Knights, it's four games in a week. It's two back-to-backs. If you're able to get Aiden Hill back into the fold for that, that would be huge. We'll see what happens. Uh, be, I mean, be amazing if uh, Aiden Hill was able to start on the weekend. I don't know whether yeah. that's in the, uh, the the plans or not, but uh, uh, being at home and uh, having uh, everything uh, right here instead of travel and uh, uh, and uh, the time change and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, nobody's going to be uh, uh, just uh, uh, overly uh, critical of uh, of the environment. If he can play, uh, they'll they'll have him. Nobody's going to be uh, beggars can't be choosers. Is basically the, the the right phrase when it comes to that. Uh, let's take a break. When we continue, uh, we'll get into one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and we'll tell you that story about the postponed game tonight and how it affected a national broadcaster. 
Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for One-Timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Chapman, let's start here. If we had, say, tickets to give away to the Pittsburgh Penguins Vegas Golden Knights game on Saturday, what number would people call? Well, I would say let's go with uh, 702-876-1340. That's the All number right. to dial up. All right. And say we had two tickets to see the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday, and they knew the number, 702-876-1340. What number of caller would win? 19, 19. for uh, the former 19 of the Golden Knights, Riley Smith. And Brennan Brisson, who made his uh, Golden Knights debut, National Hockey League debut, a couple of nights ago. Okay, there you are. Caller number 19, 702 876 uh, We will give you two tickets to the Golden Knights and Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Uh, there has been a postponement due to the weather in the National Hockey League, and that uh, has occurred uh, between the Sabres and the Blackhawks. Uh, that mm-hmm. game has been moved to tomorrow. Uh, that has caused uh, a bit of... An, no game is postponed lightly. Like yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, this one, uh, even more so because it was supposed to be a TNT national broadcast. They didn't have a doubleheader scheduled for tonight. Isn't that uh, amazing? The, normally they could just push it back and they, they join uh, the second game and everything is kind of smooth. They didn't have a doubleheader tonight because there's just three games this evening. So what TNT has done is uh, they have uh, switched over uh, to the uh, Florida Panthers and the Detroit Red Wings, mm-hmm. and they don't have any announcers there yep. because their announcers were Buffalo and uh, watching that uh, that game uh, that uh, that was postponed. So mm-hmm. uh, nobody can get from Buffalo to South Beach. Sure. So what they're doing is they're calling the game from studio. I haven't had a chance to listen. I've recorded it. Uh, sent uh, Biz a note saying uh, this this is going to be the greatest thing it, it may be a one-off and will never happen again and you guys will ruin it entirely mm-hmm. but i've always dreamt of that uh, when we did the panel in, in toronto that uh, that there was going to be some kind of mix-up and we were going to have to call the game from the <laughs> studio with the panel and how crazy that would uh, be because uh, in the back of your mind you always try and to prepare I know the Golden Knights. Uh, I could, we could do it now easily. Mm-hmm. But uh, but when you're doing national games, you're like, okay, you got to make sure you know your rosters, uh, even more so in case something crazy happens. It's finally occurred uh, with this uh, weather postponement, and uh, Biz and company are broadcasting or calling the game uh, from the studio. So I can't wait to hear exactly how that's going. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awesome <laughs> to kind of listen back to. Well, I don't know whether they're going to, like, if Liam's calling the game like you well, normally call the game or whether it's just like a to, Manning cast. To me, that's where you go with it, right? Like, I think that's that ultimately is how you should approach it. Now, I, I don't know how they're going, how they're choosing to approach it, but I would just watch the game and make commentary, like live as it's happening, commentary on the plays that you're seeing, why certain things are happening. Just no. A but bunch here's of, the thing. Go ahead. Nobody, nobody watches a game and talks all the way through it. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. there's, it's not like football where there's stops and and then a brief start and then big stops. Mm-hmm. Hockey, it's going on. So if, if nobody's – like when you sit and watch a game, mm-hmm. you're not talking throughout if you and I are watching a game or, or something happens, sure. yeah, we, yeah. we bring it up. Yeah. So that ends up being a lot of dead air. So somebody's got to be talking through this whole thing at least a little bit beyond – 
just oh yeah oh so I, I I'm I'm curious to see I I think there'll be a little bit of play by play or pseudo play by play in it yeah but not a traditional full on Bob Cole broadcast or uh, Dave Gosher type broadcast. Uh, with, that you get into it, so I'm I'm excited to uh, to catch up with that one. Uh, lots of fun there. Uh, we have a announcement out of San Jose. Hmm. They're going to retire Jumbo Joe Thornton's number next yeah. year. Oh, no sense. date has been announced. You know why? Why is that? Schedule hasn't been released. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We're not even close to having the schedule released. We got. But the they have announced that his number 19 is going to be retired just the second number retired by the San Jose Sharks in team history, joining the all-time leader in games played in National Hockey League uh, play, uh, Patrick Marlowe. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Number 12 uh, will be followed by number 19. Yeah, it's it makes all too much sense. Uh, I mean, Joe Thornton was everything for a long time for, for that franchise. Uh, him and Patrick Marlowe playoffs success failures all those things uh but joe thornton has been um you know synonymous with the san jose sharks forever and it it makes sense that he's going to be the last person to wear 19 for that organization uh getting back to that postponement Mm -hmm. do you think there's many jokes about uh even mother nature isn't interested in seeing the blackhawks and the sabers play there should have been a ton yeah. of those jokes. That uh, I was, I was, I saw that that TNT had the game. I'm like, how are they going to spice this thing up? Well, Bedard's not in. Exactly. Like that's that's the draw. Sure. And you're when you make up the schedule and you're thinking, okay, Sabers will be coming, uh, hopefully in contention, and you got Connor Bedard. Yep. And they didn't get either one of them, and None then they get a snowstorm yep. Yep. that uh, that washes it out. Uh, wild and then. All kinds of uh, alterations uh, have to be made and uh, arrangements uh, because of that postponed game. But uh, both the the Bills and the Sabers uh, have to uh, juggle their uh, timing around. Uh, Want to also bring you up to date with the games that are happening tonight? Just two now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. Uh, Red Wings against the Panthers, and it's a two-one lead for uh, now. What I'm going to refer to as. Ryan Wallace's Florida Panthers. Yep, there it uh, is. 2-1 uh, with the Panthers on the power play. That yep. game early on in the second period. And the Montreal Canadiens leading the New Jersey Devils by a pair in the second intermission. Montreal trying to get like into into contention. Right now they're on the fringe. I'm not willing to write them off just yet. Uh, and I think it's, it's getting close to be concerned about the New Jersey Devils. I've been confident all the way along that they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they're without Jack Hughes, and they just haven't been able to get some momentum. They're they're a team, Tommy Fitzgerald, general manager, they're a team that I think has to be really proactive in finding a goaltender yeah. that they can lean on. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I am concerned about the New Jersey Devils. They just, they're not able to really gain any traction. And as you mentioned, Jack Hughes is out. Timo Meyer's been out. Dougie Hamilton's been out. And you know, those are big holes to fill in the lineup for New Jersey. And they, you know, hopefully they're, they're able to make a move and bring in better goaltending. Otherwise, they're not making the playoffs. Now, they're only two points out. I, of a wild card spot, I, I'm so aware they're they're of right that. there. But it's just there's it's, so many teams in that mix. 
a, a good week mm-hmm. gives you a bit of a cushion uh, in this situation. But optically, they've been out more than they've been in a playoff spot this year. I'm still a Devils supporter mm-hmm. when it comes to making it in. I just don't know. If, if Montreal wins this game, Montreal would be four points out and just a couple of points behind the New Jersey Devils. That's yeah. And then we're having a conversation about Montreal being possibly a buyer at the deadline. Boy, oh boy, there's so many teams in the in the mix right now. Let's give away another set of tickets. Uh, Chapman, if, if I wanted to give away another set of tickets to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday, what caller would win those tickets? Uh, let's go with Zach Whitecloud, caller number two. All right. Uh, caller number two to 702-876-1340. You will win two tickets to see the Penguins and the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. Catching up with Chapman next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Hi, Darren. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So I didn't in, know that uh, well, there was a uh, interaction coming back. Usually, you just take it. Well, usually you say hello, Christopher. But, I did. Uh, well, and I said hello, Darren. So, oh. uh, in the last segment, well, I'm not we, sure how this got awkward. Well, in one timers, you guys talked about uh, Joe Thornton's jersey being retired uh-huh. for the San Jose Sharks. Well, also announced today, my favorite baseball team growing up as a kid, and and well, still to this day, unfortunately. The New York Mets announced that they will finally, many, many, many years after the fact, retire both Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry's number. Gooden will be retired on April 14th, and Strawberry retired later in the season on June the 1st. So two key components to the Mets World Series title in 1986. Hard to believe that that was almost 40 years ago. I was I was seven years old uh, when I the was... Mets like four months old. And wow. And Darren, we don't, well, you probably remember the Blue Jays World Series a little was, bit better. I, I was, I was 74 when that happened. Yes. Well, you, you <laughs> yeah. are, you are the yeah. old guy of the show. I, so I've aged very well. Uh, so I'm not being over a hundred. Uh, I've got a lot of memories uh, from a lot of different series. How many people are, uh, have their numbers retired from that 86 Mets team? Those will be the second and third as Keith Hernandez had his hmm. number 17 retired the Mets, they don't have too many retired numbers. Of course, everyone has Jackie Robinson's number 42 retired. This one, kind of a weird one. The Mets retired Will uh, Willie Mays's number. Of course, Willie Mays known more so for being a giant. However, he did have a short stint with Tom the Mets. Seaver's number retired? Yes, Seaver's number also retired, number 41. Mike Piazza, Jerry Kuzman, Gil Hodges, and Casey Stengel. So uh, those round out the retired. Piazza's number was retired before Strawberry and Gooden. Yeah. Yeah, you believe that? Like Piazza and Strawberry, two great Dodgers. Yeah, well, that's that's wild that uh, that occurred. Yeah, it really is. Like you would think that Strawberry and, and Gooden, the maybe two most recognizable players from that '86 team, but you know they ended up winning the World Series again together as members of the New York Yankees. So, um, good for them. Strawberry six time or was an eight time All Star. He was a really. He was so good. Last time I saw Daryl Strawberry play, he was suiting up for the St. Paul Saints in the Northern Baseball League, an independent baseball league in Winnipeg. Oh, wow. He was uh, attempting to come back. So uh, 
he had some uh, wild travel. So they both did uh, along the way. Uh, cool news. Strawberry and good. Uh, that takes you back into the uh, wheelhouse of life uh, way back when. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we get back to work. The Golden Knights hooking up with the New York Rangers. We will be live from T-Mobile Arena with the VGK Insider Show ahead of the pregame program with Ryan Wallace on Fox Sports Las Vegas.